chapters 1 and 2. It said, Therefore, lay aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking. As newborn babes desire pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So today we want to taste the Lord's graciousness. We want to experience His power. And to experience His power, like St. Basil, he tells us something very nice. He says, it's impossible for someone to know what honey is simply by being told about it. If I told you, this honey is so sweet, it's so good. It doesn't mean anything to you until you you taste it and you try it yourselves. And he says the same thing is true about the goodness of the Lord. You won't know it until you taste it. So today, we want to taste that the Lord is gracious. And I want to focus three specific ways that the Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious because He dis- He accepted us despite our weaknesses. He accepted us despite our weaknesses. Number two, He is gracious because He provides for us. All the time He's providing for us. And number three, He is gracious because He does wonders and He does miracles in our lives. So number one, the Lord is gracious because He accepts us no matter our weaknesses. In the Catholic epistle, again, from St. Peter, he says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light, who were once not a people, you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God, who have not obtained... Who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. So we were not a people. We were not a people, but now you are a people of God. And we became people, peoples of God through the Lord's grace. Only through the Lord's grace that we became peoples of God. Honestly, how many of you, like, did you guys choose to be Orthodox Christians? This is a big sign of the Lord's grace in your life. Thank God that the Lord chose us and placed us in a wonderful... He accepted us. We were not a people, but He made us a people of God. And in this gospel of today, I think there's two verses that are kind of... We usually skip these two verses because we never like understand them. But they relate to this point of God's acceptance to us. When the Lord told His disciples, let's go to Judea again... So we can go raise up Lazarus. The disciples said to him something. They said, Rabbi, the Jews sought to stone you. And you want to go there again? And then the Lord replied with something like mysterious. The Lord said to them, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. Because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles. Because the light is not in him. What does that mean? They were just asking if you wanted to go to Judea. What is like, yes or no would have been like a good answer. What was the Lord saying 
When he said, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. St. Cyril of Alexandria, he says, Therefore, just as it is not possible for the light to fail, the light of day to fail, without having completed its appointed time, so it is not among possibilities that the illumination which proceeds from me should be shrouded from the Jews without having fully reached its fitting measure of philanthropy. For him to Hagam and St. Cyril? No. In other words, he was saying, the day is 12 hours. The day, Ma'udin, 12 hours. You can't change the day. And he's saying, the sun does not fail to rise and set. Does the sun fail to rise? No, it doesn't, right? 12 hours, 12 hours, sun rises, it goes down. And he says, you can't hide the sun. Can you hide the sun? It doesn't, it's not hidden. And he's saying, the Lord is saying, I'm like the sun. There's 12 hours in the day, I must do the work. I can't hide. They're saying, go stay in Judea, be like, saying, no, 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 no. I'm the sun. You can't hide the sun. I'm gonna go and show the Jews my power. I'm gonna go show them how gracious I am. He could have easily said, let these Jews stay in the darkness. These are hard people. They're bitter people. They want to stone you. Leave, like, let them be by themselves. We don't need to go. But he said, no, I want to go show them. I want to go show them. I want to show them this miracle. Last night, Philashaya, who, who was in that Ashaya yesterday? Last night, Philashaya, there was a beautiful gospel. It was the gospel of the centurion and the centurion servant. And one of the ideas of the centurion servant is that, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come into my house, but just say the word. I'm a man of authority. I say go, and to another one he goes. He said, don't come to me. Just say the word. And he said, wow, your faith is amazing. And they went back and they found the servant healed. The Lord Jesus Christ, he could have raised Lazarus from wherever he was. They say he was about maybe a day's journey from from Bethany. He could have said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus could have came out of the tomb. Lazarus could have knocked on the door and said, I'm raised. Let me out and everything. But the Lord made it a point to go to, to, to Lazarus. Why? Because He wanted to show the Jews and He wanted to show everyone His power. He wanted to show them His illumination. They wanted to make believers. That's why the last verse of the gospel, it says something very nice. It says, then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things that Jesus did, Believed in him. So Jesus didn't go just to raise Lazarus. A misconception. Actually he went to raise a lot of people. That's what St. Cyril says. He says, now it is not time for me to separate myself from the Jews, even though they be unholy. These people are unholy people. But I will not separate myself from them. I must do all things that pertain to their healing, for they must not now be punished. They will not be punished now. By having divine grace, today we're talking about the Lord's graciousness, withdrawn for them. We were not a people, but we became a people of God. The Lord is gracious. Number two, the Lord is gracious because He provides for us. The Lord provides for us. And this this point was inspired by the response of Martha when she said to the Lord, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Then, shortly after, actually, 
Mary came and said actually the exact same words and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mary and Martha knew very well that the Lord is gracious and that he provides for necessities. And if the Lord was there, he would have healed him, no question. He would have, because the Lord is gracious. And that's why they wished the Lord had come earlier. But even though the Lord did not come earlier, the Lord still provides. The Lord always provides. In the church, there's, there's, a, there's a place in the Bible, and this place in the Bible is called the Lord provides. Anybody know where that place is? It's actually in one of the icons of the church. Anyone know? The Lord provides. Yeah. The Lord provides. When, when God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains which I shall tell you, he got up and went. But then he realized, actually Isaac realized, something really strange about this whole event. And he said, Abuna, Abuna Ibrahim, there's the wood, and there's the fire, but there's no sacrifice. And Abraham said some words to him, said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. Abraham was just saying this in faith, that God will provide. And as Abraham was about to slay his son and slaughter him, the, the, the angel of God said, Abraham, Abraham, do not slay your son. And he stopped the slaughter of the innocent Isaac. Then it's written that Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behind him there was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the place, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Oftentimes it may seem that time ran out. We finished. He should have provided earlier. <laughs> but actually, the Lord always is providing. Always is providing. If one door closes, another door opens. The key here is patience. To have patience. We have to endure. We have to endure the two days that the Lord heard about Lazarus. And then He said, I'm going to stay. Then we have to endure four days of Lazarus in the tomb. We have to have patience. We have to endure. We want to be like Martha who said, But even now I know, whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Martha was saying, I know you are the Lord who provides, and anything you ask of God, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide us peace. Peace. The world is so anxious these days, so anxious and so full of mm, like anxiety and troubles and affliction and depression and sadness. But the Lord will provide. The Lord, Christians, we need to take a chill pill. Like relax, shwaya. Realize that the Lord will provide. The Lord is gracious, number three, because not only does He provide for us, He actually does more than provide. He actually does wonders. 
He does wonders among us. God is doing wonders among us. The psalm of the gospel today teaches us this lesson. If you read the psalm today, it said, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be counted, can be numbered. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you, and let such love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. There's something in the psychology of man that is very troubling. Something in the psychology of man that's so troubling is that we have something called negative bias. Something called negative bias. Negative bias that is we oftentimes tend to remember traumatic experiences and we remember those often much better than we remember the positive experiences. Sometimes we remember insult, like any one kedma keda, hurts us more than a thousand words of praise. But one word of like insult cuts to its negative bias. Sometimes we tend to react. This one's especially true these days. Sometimes we think and react more strongly to negative stimuli and negative events more than positive ones. And if we want to do something positive, but something negative happens, that's negative bias. Negative bias. Something very dangerous in the psychology of man. It's the bad things that grab our attention, the ones that stick to our memories, and in many cases influence the decisions that we make. Like an employee of a boss, one boss like says one criticism to an employee, she hates me, and all the, even though the boss might have said a million, like nothing, but we remember just the one word, bad. Or, and this one's a good one, I was thinking about like brides on their wedding day, there's a million things to think about, and hair, mesh makeup, uh, the deacons, their voices aren't good, the mesharif, the, the DJ, the picture, like a million things, someone inevitably, like something's gonna go wrong. I promise you. I promise you. But someone who has negative bias, like, bad day, and be careful, of negative bias. Negative bias, that's very dangerous. Very dangerous. Christians should not have negative bias. Christians acknowledge and keep record of the many wonderful things that God does for them. That's why the heart of God, or the heart of a Christian is always praising God. The heart of a Christian should always be praising God. As the psalm says, should always be praising God because he has a record of all the good things that God has done for him. I want all of you to make a list of all the good things and all the times God was with you and supported you. And don't let the devil use negative bias to say things that God doesn't exist. Eh, We don't see his power. Eh, Prayer does just... uh, eh. And we say all these things. I remind you of one of the sayings of the great saints, Amba Pachomios. He says something amazing. Maudi, this one's very nice. He says, do not think that performing miracles is a wonder. Like you might say, Abuna, I don't see anybody rising from the dead these days. I don't see people like shadows healing the sick. And I don't see in Kalamla. This is all just old church stuff, just stories in the Bible. 
I don't see it now. Look at what Amba Pachomius says to you. He says, The real wonder is to perform the miracles in the realm of the Spirit. For if you lead an idol worshiper to the knowledge of Christ, you have resuscitated, resuscit- oh, I can't say that word, resuscitated the dead. You have, resus- uh, you have resuscitated the dead. If you bring an idol worshiper to the faith, you have resuscitated the dead. He says, if you win a heretic to orthodoxy, you open the eyes of the blind. He says, if you cause an evil person to repent, you have healed the crippled. If you transform a miser, a miser is someone's wealthy but very greedy. If you transform a miser into a generous person, you have cured the withered hand. If you transfigure a bad-tempered lout or an aggressive man, if you transform that person into a gentleman, you have cast out the devil. What glorious powers can man desire? So when God moves your heart to repentance, when God moves your heart to repentance, to confession, to come to God, this is God resuscitating you. This is God resuscitating you. And just as the Lord called Lazarus and said, Come forth out of the tomb, the Lord is calling us all out of the tomb. St. Peter says in his epistle, I read it to you earlier, he says, who called you out of darkness into light, into marvelous light. Honestly, this period of corona and quarantine has been, I think, a very dry period. Very difficult. All of us are suffering. Very tough time now. Yes, and I have faith that the Lord is gracious. The Lord is gracious. He will provide. He will bring us out from the tomb into the marvelous light. If we use this time now for repentance, if we use this time for confession, I have faith that God will provide. Let's all remember that the Lord is gracious. He accepts us no matter our weakness. No matter our weakness. And always doing signs. He always provides for us. He provides for us for our necessities. And the Lord is gracious. He does many wonders in our life. And write ten things at least that the Lord has done for you. And keep those in front of you at all times. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.